Welcome back to another take from We Killing It. I'm Tyler. I'm Matt. Kendi. Before we go in today's episode, I just wanted to take a second to say thank you so much for listening, squad, and for helping this show by liking on YouTube or leaving a five-star ratings and positive review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show get on the charts and for more people like us to discover it. So thank you again so very much. And without further ado, on to the fun. What is going on, squad? Today we're going to be talking about The Rocketeer, a 1991 Walt Disney picture. The director is Joe Johnson. The director of photography is Hiro Narita. It is starring Timothy Dalton, Alan Arkin, Billy Campbell, and Jennifer Connelly. And it's actually based on a book by Dave Stevens. I have to say, Matt picked this movie. Uh, I believe he grew up with it and, uh, you know... I can't say that I loved it, but I did watch it. And Matt, you know, what do you what what made you pick this movie? Well, I remembered watching it about three days every week in Texas. So I was I, I didn't really remember any of the details of it, but I thought if it was that interesting to me as a child, I might as well throw it in here and see. If there are any other people who know about it or if, you know, you guys would enjoy it as much as I did. And then we all, <laughs> it, it was a pretty mutual feeling around when it wasn't that. Hey, day. we got to roast a film and that's always fun. <laughs> uh, the movie definitely hits a little different with a few years in between watching oh, and, yeah. and some lesson learns along the way. So what do you, uh, what do you? What what are your what are your opinions on it, Kendi? Like, have you seen it before? Yeah, I grew up with it too. Um, probably one of the f- movies that my dad used to bond with me because airplanes and engines and superhero type stuff. One of the things I was really surprised about this movie was the fact that I didn't grow up with it because, like, my dad was all about airplanes. Like, the first thing I did when we started watching this movie was look up the airplane that they showed. Because, like, my dad grew up telling me, like, that's an F4U Corsair, or, you know, that's a P4 Mustang. And it's like, I can't believe that I've come to this point where now I watch these movies and I'm that person. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, the the planes in here are beautiful. All the engines, they have beautiful museum, well-cared-for pieces. The whole movie is shot beautifully. So They definitely picked their shots well. I definitely agree. Hero really killed it on the shots. Um, really has a had a good eye for um, I want to say background scenery. Like uh, not every director of photography is good at framing what's in the background as well as what's in the foreground. And I feel like Hero really did that. It looks really beautiful. I even it was shot for a different viewing format, the more square format. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I suppose they remastered the one that we watched because we have that the widescreen now and it filled the screen without losing any of of the I beautiful agree. landscapes. I feel like that's got to do something with the director of photography's eye too because he was looking at a whole scene and knowing only right. that square was going to be in that scene. Right. And he's now still built we don't around have to it. think about 
Uh, now we don't have to think yeah. about it. Everything and everything that you can see is in the film. <laughs> so the movie op itself opens up on an airplane hangar. There's two. P it shows two people pushing, but then it zooms out. We see that there's more pushing a plane out. Um, the plane I actually looked it up is a 1931 GB Racer Model Z. It's a racing plane uh, from the 1930s. It's gorgeous, gorgeous planes, yellow. Uh, and when it's on the runway, it is bouncing like hell. Like it is, it's so suspenseful the whole time it's going. I'm like, is it going to crash? Is it, is it going to crash? Oh, 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 it got it's off. It's got okay. hydraulics. <laughs> it was sketchy, but once it's in the air, it's so zippy. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> I really like the camera yeah. tricks they did for the pilot. You know, they did really well um, putting a fake pilot in a fake cockpit and making it look like <laughs> it was real. You know, it's an old school trick that they were using, but they did all right. The cockpit itself, though, was ridiculous looking. Like literally, it was just it was just chin up. That was all you could see. And I don't, I don't even understand how you would be able to see. Nah, man. You can't he... even see his dials. Nah, I don't. It was so bad. Like you're just barely looking down your nose at any type of indicators or dials. He's just got this little when... bubble of glass over his head. When he had to. Uh, reach down and, and give his his girlfriend's picture because he he literally couldn't even look at it. He just had to like wiggle his arm into there. He just had a hope. I hope he that's what I'm kissing. <laughs> so the um plane is they're doing I guess a test run on the plane, and they're flying it around the countryside, and it cuts to a bunch of crooks and police, and they're doing a police chase. You know, my favorite kind, like uh, like that one in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, with the coppers and the robbers and the and the Tommy guns. And um, it is loud. It is boisterous. <laughs> <laughs> so the plane flies over and I, I guess I guess he thought it was a cop plane or, you know, he just an angry crook. He shoots a 14 or so bullets at the plane. And I, I want to say a good half of them hit. <laughs> the plane starts smoking and you know at this point in time i'm panicking bro like the second my plane starts smoking that's that's it for me hombre like for a place to yeah. <laughs> ejecto seat cuz <laughs> dude there's no room in that cockpit for a parachute are you kidding <laughs> he's just gonna have to bail and pray man the uh off a train stuck and roll <laughs> the uh the old-timey cars uh i love i love how they got like the i mean i know that this is a period piece but i really do love the like 1930s cars and stuff they were terrible for the environment but they were really cool looking um our, our once the pilot gets shot by the tommy gun uh the oil pan inside the plane explodes he gets oil all over his face and i i i just like the whole situation is rough he, <laughs> he's trying to find a place to land and he loses a, a a wheel right so he's gonna land this plane on one wheel and he he lands it basically at an angle with the with the plane wing and uh. the other wheel breaks off and i have to say the 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 physical effects that they did in this movie, the the practical effects, they were pretty good. Like I believed that plane crash. They they definitely crashed something. They crashed a real plane here. For this. <laughs> Pieces. And it just hurts watching it break apart. 
And uh, when when he gets oil or when he gets shot and all the oil is spilling out, I just you you have to really think how hard was he punching that glass so he could be able to see, bro? Like he had to he had to he had to like break his knuckles and and get all that out of there. And then the second you do that, there's glass in your face and oil all up in your face, bro. And he didn't have plexiglass back then. That would have been thick glass glass. The Uh, um, what else was exploding? The guy that the cops were chasing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he did not look well. The uh, no. the plane crash landed, and the robbers they got away and went to where did they go, Matt? Like he I went to the hospital. He went to the so hospital. After, yeah, after he you know jumps out of the car and the car implodes in the gas truck, he's he's not he's not doing too good. You know, he's all up in a stretcher and gets wheeled off to a hospital after telling the feds he wasn't going to talk or whatever. And he he's chilling in there. And then that's when the the feds start giving Cliff and Peabody a hard time. So, yeah, because they just lost their livelihood. They're supposed to go compete with this very expensive, I'm sure, plane. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's it's gone. It's gone. Most films, most films, regardless, regardless if they're bad or good, I'm going to go, I'm going to tell you to go see it squad because I'm all about good, uh, good movie going experiences because you can have a lot of fun watching a bad movie, just like we did with this, by the way, this movie's horrid, but we had a, we had a lot of fun watching it, but I'm not going to tell you to go watch this movie because there is not one black person in this entire film. This film was released in 1991. Yeah. There is no reason why there should not be any black people in this film. And I I just can't support that. Um, there are plenty of places where they could have put, you know, just a black person, yeah. any, any, any black person, but they didn't. And I, I will say that that is just not cool. And, and I don't, I don't support that. On that same note. We watch our uh, we watch the police try to blame the pilot. His name is Cliff. They try to blame Cliff for the crooks getting away, and and then the the cop tells Cliff that flying a plane is not a real job. So Cliff slides that police officer quite nicely. He just gives him a, a solid right hook right across the face, and he gets away with it. You know, I believe it was a federal agent too. <laughs> And yeah, he <laughs> and he just gets away with it, you know. So that that only happens for a couple of reasons. And this is the 1930s. They they had play back then with privilege. hitting police officer. Was, there was a yeah. there was a serious privilege there. Um, Man, then then we bad, yeah. And then Matt, you said there's a solid scene in here where we see the jetpack for the first time, right? Like yes. after this. So after. Uh, Cliff is done socking some feds and you know getting all that out of his system. The feds pull up the rocket that was supposed to be in the car, flop it out on a table, and it's just all steaming up and burning and crispy. And we're just like, well, okay, can't do much <laughs> of this, can we? But what we didn't see and is later explained is that the robber who unfortunately is not going to be doing so well soon, uh, he pulled a switch. He pulled a switch and stashed the rockets in some some plane. Dude, I didn't even see that. I literally missed that. There was so that. much going on. <laughs> yeah, there was, was just... There's 
just bullets and gas and oil and plane parts everywhere. <laughs> There's just so much going on in a very short period of time. Okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense. Okay. <laughs> then we cut to some rich Walt Disney looking dude. Like he legit looks like how I envision Walt Disney looks like. And he's burning the plans for the jetpack. He like threw it into the fire. And his name is, um, you know, later we find out his name is Howard. Uh, oh, Howard Hughes. I'm sorry. And the he's like, of aviation. Oh, yeah. So and then he's like, he throws the rocket, he throws the rocket plans in the trash and he's like, it's all over. Tell him because Howard said so. And, <laughs> and, you know, I guess, I guess if, if Howard Hughes says no more, no more fly thing, that means no more, no more fly, fly thing. thing. <laughs> I'm not making it. Oh, but yeah. I did not I catch the fact. I, I legit did not catch the fact that that was the father of aviation. Like my bad. Oh, yeah. Wait, what about the not the Wright brothers? Brothers, they just yeah. they just invented air travel. They didn't. They're not. It's different. I'll show you a movie. It's called The Aviator. It's got it stars your boy Leonardo DiCaprio. Yep, that would be a good lead in for our next one. Yeah, or down the line, Ryan Reynolds. Nah, yeah. Ryan Reynolds is just my man crush because he's just gorgeous. My man crush. <laughs> <laughs> He's Canadian's, like, devil. So the person who designed this amazing, sexy ma rocket machine that we see is Howard Hughes. But now it's been stolen, and the conversation he's having before he burns the plans is with whatever military general. I didn't see his name. Okay. Y'all yeah, just want to turn everything that flies into a weapon. So it's gone. Fine. It blew up. Great. It's Man. gone. The nightmare is over. Man. That is the correct response. All right. So we cut to the air show. There's an air show going on for our hero. It's uh, real real jank. Um, and it looks like a circus almost. Like, or like, what the, a fair, whatever the outdoor, where the, like, Ferris wheel is on the back of a semi-truck, but, like, from the 30s. And Bigelow is a main character, and funnily enough, it's it's our it's our boy poor Gideon from The Crow, and <laughs> I'm a I'm gonna let you know right now it doesn't turn out any better for Bigelow than it did Gideon, so <laughs> maybe <laughs> so He's maybe just that's just funky death scenes. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's just his bag. He likes to die in weird ways. Um. <laughs> so the the. The Bigelow, he's trying to get Cliff into a plane to do um, clown bit. a clown bit, and he wasn't there yet, so he got, like, this older dude who ha was a pilot but hasn't been a pilot for a long time, and he was like, I got you, bro. I got you. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. We'll need Cliff. I'm gonna do Best it for Cliff. You ever seen? Yeah, you, you, you. No doubt, bro. I got you. I got you. And he gets in, and he's like, he's it's rough, bro. And he's just like, he's all over the place. His his plane starts smoking, and <laughs> in the middle of the race, going the opposite way. The other planes have to get out of his way, and it's a whole thing. It's a it's a whole thing. And then while this is all going on, there is something stuffed in. Not Billy, that's the actor in Cliff's plane. It's a uh, he goes in and he kicks the bottom and it pulls out the biggest 
biggest stupid duffel bag you've ever seen and inside it's like obviously something heavy and it's a it's a he opens it up and it's a big metal like rocket engine and the guy cliff's friend says like my favorite like it's just the famous last words i wouldn't touch that if i were you and then cliff touches it and the jetpack shoots off and just starts like binging off the sides of the hangar thing that they're in and and I just want to this say, looks like the on button. Too. Right, like they they were just like, bud, press. The second I said I would do that. If I were. And I just, I love, I love that when after it's done, you know, playing ping pong with their hand with their hanger, uh, it just it's stuck in a, on a wall because it's just yeah. it's going this one way and it's just thrusting that way. And I, I I do like that they took that into into factor that it's it's gonna just keep going that way and get yeah. stuck like that. And yeah. he does. He grabs some little broom. And he's just like, uh, boop. <laughs> so, so your drops. boy, your boy, immediately puts it on. Immediately puts it on yeah. and he's straps like, it around his waist. Okay, and old so, man is like looking at God for like, the first time or something. Like he just so, looks at him with the widest eyes. Pause. All right, as a grown person now, as a fourteen <laughs> to sixteen year old, I could see. I could see putting that thing on and just pressing a button. <clears throat> but like as a grown ass man. Are Cliff you... is not a grown man. <laughs> no. Cliff is like 17. Wait, how old is he? Right, because they were point. still in school. Yeah. Well, she's in college, wasn't she? I want to say, oh. I want to say he's like 20. He's probably about 20, 21. You know, right in that sweet spot age. Most Disney ages is like eighteen to twenty. He's got a few years of pilot under his belt already. Yeah, he straps it on, presses the button, and what happens? He takes off with a with a force. He takes off and he flies. Uh, with after some some funny maneuvering, he flies directly into the bottom of the plane of the clown we were talking about earlier. <laughs> when he did that he knocked the stick out of the plane so the pl the clown no longer had control but even if he had control still the clown was knocked out cold because when cliff went through the bottom <laughs> the clown got hit with the stick <laughs> the amount of comedy roles that proceed in this next scene are just ridiculous it's a wild scene because it's got a lot of comedy in it so it like this movie screams, I want to be Iron Man. You know, it, it it's before Iron Man the movie, of course, but it's nowhere near being before Iron Man the comic book, uh, which came out in 1963. So there's a level of comedy in the Iron Man movies that is, it is, it wouldn't have made it without it. And you could tell that they didn't have that like smoothed out yet when they made this movie. And they are like, it, it's all just mess up after cliff is like the clumsiest loudest most ungraceful person on the entirety of this planet <laughs> like how are you gonna fly this delicate dangerous machine right even i don't know maybe that's the only place he can focus he just ADD. i just, just want to say really quick i'm trying to find out how old cliff was in this movie and i i haven't found it yet but i found this report from forbes that the film died a rather undignified death. And I'm just like, damn. <laughs> even even they're roasting this film. It was on the, the peak or the cusp where Disney broke off and started only doing kids movies. So 
they tore through the script to make it more family friendly. It's supposed to be a lot different. It's rough. It's it's so rough. It's just bad. I'll be honest. I came in not expecting much. I did. Because I was like, damn, I really don't want to watch this movie. And then that first scene with the plane happened, and I didn't know this was a plane movie. So I was like, oh, I might actually like it. It's a plane movie. There's not a lot of plane scenes in this movie. Not as many as I would have liked anyway. And I don't know. They just weren't ready to take this step yet in their in their uh, see, their gra- graphical powers. Like So Cliff, yeah. Cliff gets on the back of the clown's plane and... <laughs> eventually is able to use his jetpack to fly the plane down and save the or no 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 he flies over grabs the clown and 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 jets away which i mean with no control whatsoever uh because like don't they talk about later that this was like it wasn't working like the helmet that the dude created actually like helped the whole system work so no. the reason why it wasn't working the first time was because the original designs that came from Germany, they had like fuel and cooling problems. So the the way they fixed it was they put another shell around it, like a double wall, and that way it cooled it and preheated the fuel at the same time. And then the helmet that uh, PV made, he added the rudder to the helmet to control where he's steering by turning his head. But even throughout the film, we can see him turning his head and it doesn't move him at all. Mm, okay. Yeah, there's a there's some plot holes there. But PB makes the helmet because he had when they do the test, they destroyed the statue. Yeah. So the statue, like the only thing I wrote was... Why does this statue sound like they're sawing a tree? Because at first I thought it was a wooden statue because it sounded like it sounded exactly like any movie where somebody was sawing a tree down or if you actually heard somebody sawing on a tree. And then they move the, the statue later and it's obviously made of metal and they use it for their test, which was an I, I think it was an excellent test. Like that was excellent. Like to put uh, like because that's way heavier than a person and then and to to use the jetpack to see what it does like that was genius i feel like they only picked the statue because it was it looked like a person would probably fit on it if they didn't have that statue they probably would have taken some plain parts and just put it on there maybe um, it's bigelow's statue so they don't care he's a jerk and then after they saw the statue, they cut to this like really suave gq looking like movie star dude and it's neville sinclair and he's got a sword and uh, he has i don't know if he owns the rocket or he was supposed to own the rocket or he has some interest in it and he he seems to be the kind of person that should not be messed with gideon is there and they're they're trying to like strong arm strong arm neville and he pulls the sword of the dude so fast that he offers him money to find the rocket and i i appreciate and he was like he was like i'll you know double my price and find my rocket and then the mobster was like nah bro you're gonna triple your price because like this is hard work and you just pulled a sword in my face (laughs) and i i I appreciate that pretty badass yeah how are you gonna have your life threatened and then go face to face with this man put your finger in his face and be like triple my price and then walk out bro the only way he was gonna walk out was with a guarantee of more money for that insult. Just, mm. Yeah. It was amazing. And 
That is the gangster or mobster is Eddie Valentine. Eddie Valentine. Okay. I love him from so many more of his movies. That's I'm starting shows. to really like this man, Gideon. Like, or his name is not Gideon. <laughs> I need to know what this actor's name is. Uh, I'm really starting to like this actor, John Polito. You know, we're starting to see him in a bunch of stuff. I think it's so. All right. After this, our hero, quote unquote hero, Cliff, he goes to see his girlfriend or soon to be girlfriend or his love interest and it is jennifer connelly and she looks awesome in this movie side note jennifer connelly is gorge it, still to this day she is incredible but whoever did her makeup they had the red lipstick and nail polish and and then she, they usually had her in like white to accent her black hair it was in like she just they killed it <laughs> wardrobe makeup everything that had to do with jennifer connelly in this movie like killed it they uh, styled her beautifully they did her character's name is jenny which made it really easy for me to remember her name cliff is going to see her at her college and there's the house mother uh -huh. and she's like she, she's like you know i don't allow gentlemen after 6 p.m and he's like well, I'm no gentleman. And I was like, bro, that's a good line. Like, that's a good oh, line. <laughs> the news. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm just, he's just leaving gum everywhere. And he just being gross, proving that he's not a gentleman. He real gross. He, he real yeah, gross. He's, and, and Cliff is just over here, like, like you said, leaving his gum everywhere and, and being nasty all around the place. And he's dating this, this super incredibly attractive woman like he's just he's not trying very hard to keep no. her no not at all bro you supposed to put no your clues. best foot forward and you just you just you just got no tact whatsoever you know, stinky leg downtown <laughs> the uh and it, actually a really interesting thing is shown in history here and I, I really always find it interesting so like a couple of things used to show before movies way back in the day when you used to go see them at the movie theater because that was the only way that you could go see them uh they used to show cartoons that's where bugs bunny came from and they also used to show news and i actually remember this but i didn't even write it in my notes there's a there's a news thing about nazis in the background which i was <laughs> And then later we get surprised Nazis in the film, so it's just interesting how they did that. They but I shadowed it a little bit. <laughs> I do, little. I do think it's cool that they they showed that because it's a really interesting piece of history that's no longer a thing. You know what I mean? Not at all. It's completely burnt up. Now we watch 15 minutes of some previews, uh, and then if you come any earlier than that to the movie theater, you get to just stare at like the movie theater's like screensaver, which is awful. <laughs> It just bounces around. So I love the villain, uh, Lothar. Uh, he's like a giant with a, a prosthetic face. Like they, you could tell it's prosthetics because sometimes they shoot close-ups of him talking, and like the way his mouth moves is rough. But the mask itself looked really good. He looks like a Dick Tracy villain. I don't know if either of you have ever seen Dick Tracy. Oh, uh, the guy with the flat head. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what I saw. But they did this really cool shot where in the hospital where he like sneaks through the window and sneaks into the, the hospital room. I really love that shot. I feel like that's an old school shot that you don't see anymore. And it like shadow work's not really done like that anymore. And I, I thought it was really cool. His silhouette on the wall, very 
very comic book panel. Yeah, yeah. It's looms. it's all chin. Like like that the it's prosthesis all chin. it's all chin, bro. Like they they put fourteen pounds of chin on this dude. Lothar is just a mountain of a man and I love him to death. The actor the actor was seven feet tall. And I believe yeah, he he passed away in twenty nineteen, so rest in peace. But like he was he was a big boy. Like that was a big person. Yeah. <laughs> That's that big chief right there. It can't be that easy. It can't be easy to shoot with a bunch of people that are like average height and then a person That's who's like seven feet tall. Right. Like Cliff is my height. He's five eight. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. Wow, man. So uh it cuts to a a, we see a restaurant and it's a whole dog it's a whole like pit pug or pit bull or no it's like a pug or a bulldog like it's a whole dog i've never seen anything like that before and yeah, yeah it's a uh, millie's wait i have it here millie's bulldog cafe and it was rebuilt for the movie because it was a staple in that area on that street for like 40 years really so, yeah that's some, that's a good on scene are on location shooting then the bro original, also also the original good research on, thank you the original stood on washington boulevard in los angeles for 40 years whoa cool that was a real place to get tamales and ice cream for like 24 cents <laughs> wow that's cool whoa that what a cool little thanks that's cool <laughs> yeah um we we get to see how glo- gross Cliff is in this because he literally likes like, this old dude's trying to fix this kid's toy and he breaks it and the wheel flies off and lands in uh, Jenny's soup and Cliff takes the wheel out, puts the whole wheel in his mouth, <laughs> pulls it out and then puts it in this little girl's hand. Just blip. <laughs> it's the grossest. Like I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that it's back. All yours. <laughs> like he just digs in in his girl's soup too. Like, it was gross. It was all yeah, the whole situation was gross. And then spoon, she finds out he'd been lying to her about yeah everything because he didn't want to tell her about almost dying on the airfield. Yeah, and yeah, she leaves. We yeah. also. We also find out in this oh. situation that uh, Cliff is kind of um, an asshole. He uh, doesn't at all respect Jenny's job. Says that and this is the first time he says it, but I almost didn't catch it. But he makes a comment about how like Jenny's job is not a real job, and then she's an a- she's an actor. <laughs> so come on, man. <laughs> so. Uh, I I thought that was really messed up, and it was really telling of the time. Um, mm-hmm. He's he called her job fake. Uh, the nosy server, she storms out in a huff, of course, because he was like, "Your job is fake," and she was like, "Well, you're you're an ass, so bye." And right. I, I, I like the I like the nosy server who was like, "Go after you, you dope!" Like <laughs> <laughs> she raised these babies. Well, we all you know? we all yeah. we all need somebody like that in our lives, you know. It's just like, hey, you're being dumb. Go go stop being dumb. Stop being dumb. <laughs> so he tries to catch her, but she hopped onto the bus and 
Well, he's going to have to try again she later. Ain't, she ain't even wait for the bus to stop. If you watch it, that bus is still rolling down the hill while she's climbing in through that tiny she little She ran hill. after it. She's like, I could catch that. I can get it on that. No problem. <laughs> this movie takes place in Hollywood, which is or Los Angeles, also known as Hollywood, which is kind of important later. Uh, I, I always love it when movies take place in Hollywood. Uh, I think it's really neat to see them create what they do. And then it's like a it's like a shot being shot. In a movie, you know what I mean. And I really dig yeah. that. That and uh, there's another. There's a Freddy Krueger movie like that, uh, uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, that I really love. It's my favorite one because it like shows Hollywood. You know, it's the, a lot of fun. It to, is to peek behind the scenes and you see how the like the walls are built. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You peeking behind the curtain, seeing stuff we're not supposed to see. You know. Mm -hmm. The, and then you find out why you're not allowed to see. <laughs> so Cliff is looking in. He he like I guess he followed Jenny to her work, and he's on a closed set where he's not supposed to be. And he's looking through the holes in the wall, and he ends up knocking over an entire fake wall and injures somebody. And they're doing a shot that you can tell has taken multiple takes because Neville uh, St. Clair, he's he's like doing a scene and this lady messes up her lines and you could tell he's like, how many times do I got to do this scene because this woman messes up her lines? And, yeah. and then, yeah, like completely and utterly over it. And then Cliff knocks over the wall and not only does he mess up the scene, but he actually injures somebody. So there's no more yeah. shooting for today, you know, and they... Are are the movie star Saint Clair? Am I saying that right? No, Saint Clair. Sinclair. Neville Sinclair. He's pissed, and he's like, "Who is that person? This is a closed set, and we need to get rid of her, fire her." And they fire Jenny, and Jenny's already yelling at Cliff because he's right. there and he's not supposed to be there, and. Then he, she gets the news that she's been fired and she's done. She leaves. Obviously. Like, so would I. I'd be <laughs> too mad to function. I'd be with you for, for a while. <laughs> like, we ain't I friends wanna, no more. I want to say that this whole medieval scene that's going on and the fighting, it, I know we haven't talked about this movie on the channel My yet, name is Inigo Montoya. Kill my father. Prepare to die. But I was going to say that the the scene in this is... In my opinion, it's almost like frame for frame what happens in Robin Hood Men in Tights. They both yes, remind me of that movie. Like it does remind Neville me of that Sinclair movie. Sinclair is based off the actor Errol Flynn, who is Robin Hood. No way. And and the suavest golden age Hollywood and was also accused of certain things that a certain someone will be accused of later. Oh. So this movie is like they tried to like toy with real life. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Okay. So You're... that's why they're doing the Robin Hood movie because he's uh, Errol Flynn, basically the, that dude. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, the the Iron Man helmet that the old man makes is sick. It's got like a rudder on it so he can control it a little more. I, I, it doesn't look practical, but it does look awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that way for a real long time like i don't think they've ever let the helmet change i really like 
Jack the Cool. At this point in the movie, I really like uh, Neville Sinclair. Like I'm, uh, like I, at, at the movie point, I'm I'm digging him, and he really hasn't turned into the villain yet. He's just villainous, you know, and just an asshole. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Looks like Scar. I really like how he plays into that like stereotype of like the star throwing his weight around. It's also interesting in this movie how they show how the mob used to influence pictures or uh, film. I think that's really neat that they show that because it's real. You know, the mob did used to influence movies, and I mean, the mob used to influence everything basically. I mean, they probably meh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know what? If there is, oh, if there is a mob out there right now, I don't know about it. So they're right. probably doing their job right. Right. <laughs> they are at a plane show. Cliff pulls up in the cleanest Harley Davidson I've ever seen. And I don't even mess with motorcycles, but the Harley is a 1929 Harley Davidson JDH twin cam, and it is gorgeous. Uh, I wish the, they showed it more. Should have done its own solo shots. Right. When I watched the whole part with the clown and everything, and the plane gets destroyed and all that, I felt like I was watching like a 1930s Iron Man, and then it turned into like a weird like slapstick terrible cg movie like at first i thought i was watching like an iron man movie and then and then it was like oh my god this is not this is not an iron man movie and like i blame matt of course because he chose this but that to, to be said he didn't make he didn't make this movie so at one point like yeah yeah like at one point the hero cliff gets on the back of a pickup truck turns his boosters on and they do like that that old school sped up shot thing it's awful man <laughs> get out of their car because they can't keep up with him eddie's all pissed and one of the guys in his gang is just there eating popcorn from the fair yeah eddie smacks it out of his hand man man like they're just making fun of themselves at that point and it it's cute little nod (laughs) it's it's a cartoon Uh, it's just live action yeah, I agree. It is very much that. There's a lot of like, yeah, yeah. It is a it's a live action cartoon. Bigelow looks like yeah, a guy. I... Oh yeah, Eddie Valentine, the the guy in charge, the millionaire. No, Eddie Valentine was the guy. Eddie Valentine is the mob leader. Yeah, yeah. He looks like a guy that like owns a candy shop but won't let any kids in. Adults <laughs> <laughs> only. <laughs> I love the mobsters in this movie. Bigelow, the mobster main. Guy. he was always dressed well he was dressed in the nines the cars in this movie are great um the mobsters they're looking for the jetpack and they start you know we get to the point where the mobsters are tearing up the diner looking for the jetpack and at first they were just like not being so rough and tumble and then all of a sudden like he puts his hand through the pie thing and like it really threw me off like i really wasn't expecting like that violence you know what i mean it was just exploding yeah uh, you're like have you seen cliff everyone in everyone in the restaurant was like no i haven't seen him in here for a while and and the other guy, one guy in the back of the restaurant he's just like didn't he move to connecticut <laughs> like that <laughs> I'm just like nice. I like how that I like how that one mobster went back to the phone and 
he like sees the picture of Cliff and, and the then Jenny who they're like looking for and then or they knew what Jenny looked like and they see Jenny and then they see Cliff next to him and then he's like, Hey, wait. Oh. Isn't that a minute? And then he turns around and like as he turns, Cliff's face is making an impact or fist is making an impact with his face. So like <laughs> this is a great moment. And then everyone's jumping on the other guy for the gun. Yeah. Nearly hits him in the head, head with an iron skillet. Unfortunately, um, along with the non-use of of black people there's also a pretty bad sexist stereotype trope in this movie it's called the damsel in distress trope it's a recurring narrative device in which one or more men must rescue a woman who has either been kidnapped or placed in general peril kinship love or lust or a combination of all gives the male protagonist the motivation or compulsion to initiate the narrative it basically means like Oh, my girlfriend's in trouble. Well, now I can stop being an idiot and I can go save her. It's dumb. A lot of movies were made. A lot of movies were made with that as their basis. And Although Cliff never stops being a doofus. He doesn't ever stop being a doofus. But he does kind of like get himself together. And the whole basis of his hero-ness is going to save Jenny. I feel like it's more than anything, it's lazy. Right. The the Neville Sinclair character is very interesting. He's very predator-ish now. And he's like dancing with Jenny with no music. And it's like super creepy. The, the movie itself is cute. Maybe I just didn't grow up with it. And that was why I didn't. There are definitely some funny points in it. Uh, Jennifer Conley killed it. I, I She's definitely my favorite actor in this movie she's definitely my favorite character in this movie the cliff guy he's just so so dense and i know it's for like comedy but i feel like they went too far he like he literally rockets through the dining hall on a food cart yeah side note uh in this scene there are mermaids in tanks and i gotta say (laughs) the people who do that for a living they're they're champs. They got they must have the lungs of like Olympic swimmers. Like there's a breathing apparatus usually under there, but I feel like they gotta have lung power for days. Definitely. Because you're still doing a lot of athletics and dancing and yeah. it's a workout. That's crazy. Like <laughs> what an interesting uh what an interesting career, you know, that that, that popped up. It's a whole lot older than I thought it was too, because like it's showing up in this movie. Yeah. Um, uh something Disney started I- not Disney started, but he had at the, the lagoons of something. I forget now. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. But it resurfaces and so it's Cliff finally knocks over the big guy, and Jennifer Connelly knocks him out with a vase. Then we get to see the use of chloroform by Neville Sinclair, which is just so interesting. I feel like I used to see that a lot in movies, and now I don't see it very often in movies. I feel like it has mm. to do with something with the way people were. Well, well I feel like. Now it's because a lot of serial killers happened since then. Yeah, that's a solid yeah. point. That's a solid and point. And it's not not too hard to get chloroform or make it either. So you don't want your kids being like, "Oh, what's that?" and then looking it up and oh, look, testing it on their little sister. After the chloroform, Jenny wakes up in a a bed made of silk inside of a bedroom that looks like it's befitting of a god. Definitely in the middle of the evil lair. Yeah. Going yeah. On. yeah. Oh, I like what must the bathrooms look like in this place? You know what I mean? Oh, my. <laughs> the this uh is bed in the side room. 
she next to the bathroom. She wakes up and she looks around. Does she put some? She finds some things and she puts something in her bodice and then she lays back down to pretend to be asleep and. Neville walks over with a uh, ammonia and wakes her up. And it's all very interesting to me. Like I, I thought this whole scene was just so intriguing with, you know, the use of chloroform and then the use of <laughs> ammonia and then like the level of this because he had that on him already because he didn't find out who she was until the middle of the party. So he already had chloroform on him. That did he just walk around with chloroform? No, he found out when she got fired from the set because Cliff was trying to tell her all about this rocket they found. So he was just waiting for his moment. So he yeah. asked her out to apologize for getting her fired. Oh, oh, that makes a lot more sense. And then he took her to Eddie Valentine's club, which is this lush, beautiful place. <laughs> After he wakes her up, he uses line. He tries to use lines from his own movies to like woo her. And like a G, she calls out the movies that it's from after he says the line. And like, that's just so awesome to me. And then she gets him with one of his own movies. She knocks him out with a vase, and then she was like, and this is from this movie. And, like, I, I like, I laughed so hard. <laughs> right. She befuddled him so much. She was I, really calm, at, like, after, like, waking up and and really knowing what situation she was in, she was really calm that she was being kidnapped and then being, like, caressed and Try tell as you. he was trying to woo him again. She's and, the most well put was, together character, right? She still just manages to get out of it and clock him with a vase. It's it's great. Yeah, generally, Jenny is definitely my favorite movie. Uh, my favorite character in the movie. I feel like the writer has made some strange sexist choices with her, but she gets on the radio and then she finds Nazis. The person on the other end of the radio, Nazis. Yeah, they. She finds Nazis like, I, like the. So Mr. Neville Sinclair has this really cool hidden office in his library, and you know after she knocks him out, she's like, "Well, what was he doing in there? I'm so, gonna go be nosy." So was this actor that you were talking about? Was he accused of being a Nazi too? Is that what you were saying? Yes. Wow. So. I wasn't expecting Nazis, even though there was that thing earlier in the movie and they, they kind of told you that Nazis were going to come. I I didn't expect Nazis. And it was I, background noise. It really killed it for me. That was like, I was yeah, already... I forgot about Nazis. <laughs> I, was, I was already kind of done with the movie and then it was like, okay, now you throw in Nazis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unfortunately, right after this horrifying reveal for Jenny, Mr. Sinclair is back, yep. confirming her fears, and here's Lothar behind him to subdue Jenny in a less polite way. Man, I just... Yeah, she, Lothar is a trip. So, Eddie Valentine called and told Cliff, come alone or I kill the girl. And we find ourselves in the creator of the... 
the jetpack mr hughes's lab we get to see videos of prototypes of the rockets we see one explode like we see one of these dudes he like takes off about a inch off the ground and then his jetpack explodes it's pretty crazy looking (laughs) (laughs) Um, like real footage it did look like real footage and then we see this kind of I thought it was. I went to look it up. It's actually the creator of the comic book or the character. Oh, okay. So that's his cameo is blowing up with the prototype. That's kind of awesome, actually. Yeah. That's something I would do. That's his Stanley (laughs) moment. Yeah. Um, So uh, there's also like this like sick kind of like disturbing Nazi propaganda cartoon that plays. It looks like a disturbed music video, like, you know, like disturbed animation on their music videos. But like the it it was disturbing, like it was messed up. A lot of Nazi propaganda. And it was like, ooh. we we see Cliff punch another cop. He wanted the jetpack. And they were like, you can't have the jetpack. And he was like, but I need it one more time. And they were like, but you can't have it one more time. And he was like, I'm going to take it. So you might as well just let me have it. So he punches the cop again. This is where he breaks physics. This is, no, I don't care how (laughs) many people are going to. No, that's not how that works. (laughs) It was on. So he punches the cop. He breaks, uh, he jumps out this window and like grabs onto this model plane that's hanging from the ceiling and it is not a real model plane it's it's a glider and it it is (sighs) okay look look y'all it is made out of cardboard or something okay it's just hanging there as a model to show and my man grabs onto it like it's a zip line rides it to the end of its line and then it clicks off the track and keeps and going. This is where he breaks physics. He's supposed to just fall down and break some ankles. <laughs> and this man glides out like Batman to the end of the hangar and runs away. And and Mr. Mr. Howard Hughes is just like, maybe he will fly after all. Like, like what is that? What well, is that? I'll tell you what it is. Ed, that was the Spruce Goose prototype. <laughs> what does it do? Uh, the largest wooden airplane ever built. Oh, so it's an actual uh, functioning wooden airplane? Yes, that was a very small model of it. It's a, it's huge. It's a massive troop transport plane. Made out of wood? Yeah. Ooh, no thank you. I've been in troop transport planes <laughs> and they were made of no, metal and they you. and I felt uncomfortable then, so I can't imagine. <laughs> you now want to fly around in Noah's Ark? <laughs> <laughs> now we come to the crescendo of the film. Cliff shows up at the statue to face off the villains to get, in his words, his girl back. Bro. He was like... She'd been long gone. <laughs> he was you like... Lost. He's taking care of her own self right now. He goes, what's it like working for a Nazi, bro? And And Eddie Valentine got real serious and was like... Start Real talking. Bad. Start talking right Real now, St. Clair. What, what is he saying? Favorite line in the movie. He looks at so him and he's like, where does, why does it matter where my money comes from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then Eddie order. Valentine says probably the best move, line in the whole movie. He goes, I may have made some bad choices, but I'm 100% America and I ain't working for no Nazi. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't make no honest bug. That that movie that that moment had me going. That was like the only moment in this movie where I was like, Yes (laughs) (laughs) And then Eddie pulls out a gun all like slick like out of his pocket. I don't know why he didn't have it out already, but he just reaches in, pulls it out, turns it on, uh Neville and then Neville's just like, Come on guys. 
I didn't bring it up, but I'm going to just slide it in here for y'all. Uh, our, our poor boy Gideon, he got folded in half like a piece of paper that we found him like, like the big, the big, uh, low, uh, Lothar. Lothar just folded him in half. Like they showed the first shot and it was just like, it was his face and then a shoe. And I was like, did he get folded in half? And then they showed it back again. Yep. He sure did just get folded directly in half. <laughs> he said, you are now a PBJ. <laughs> oh man. Then Neville pulls out a gun and he has it to Ginny's head and he starts speaking German and actual Nazis come out of the woods like rats. What <laughs> even is this movie? And then For a real. giant dirigible shows up. Like the biggest Zeppelin like that's ever been shows up. And like, you're how like, you not catch this on your radar. You're like, how? They knew it was there. <laughs> how? That's what the newsreel was about. Tell me how we're sitting here going like, how's he going to get out of this? situation how in the world there's actual nazis and this like everywhere this nazi spy guy and then oh you know what you know ex machina fbi <laughs> fbi shows up with a passion and they're ready to go and the villain really starts climbing up a, a rope ladder to a zeppelin with a damsel in distress in his arms what he he puts her on the ladder first, and like as the as the as your hostage, if you put me on a ladder before you, I'm kicking I'm you in the moving. face. I'm kicking you in the face. I, right, I don't like, understand how they got her into the zeppelin. At right, all. exactly, exactly. I'm sorry. Cliff gets a gun and his helmet, and off he goes towards the zeppelin, and he takes off in front of the American right. flag, like sets it on fire. Yeah, yeah. He takes true. off in front of the American flag and sets it on fire. But you, you can't have a movie with Nazis without having like an epic flag pose. You can't. You it happens care. every time. I feel like there's a law. I feel like there's a law against that somewhere. That we just don't know about. <laughs> like if you show Nazis, you have to show some American nationality, or else you're not getting your movie posted. Right, right. And then Lothar's back. Uh, I Lothar. thought he was dead. I thought he was dead. And then all of a sudden he's back and Cliff loses the gun. He gets knocked right out. And there, and Lothar is like tied to the Zeppelin. Like he's got like this like weightlifter's belt and a cord. Yeah. And Itch. yeah. <laughs> Cliff kicks Lothar between his legs with every bit of strength and might that he has. And Lothar doesn't even flinch. And it was a genuine Goliath <laughs> and David and Goliath moment there. And you're just it like, was. Oh. it was, oh. it was. He gets knocked over and he breaks the front of the plane. And the, the, yeah, the he gets pushed right rudder. off the zeppelin yeah, and gets... swings into the window, taking out as as Neville is talking about how good his pilot is for the zeppelin <laughs> and that they have no worries. Lothar comes swinging through the window and just takes the pilot out through the other one. And then Neville's just like, "What? What happened? Where's Bro, my pilot?" I love that. What? It's the best. And he's so sad about Lothar. So they gets to a point where. Cliff's talking to Neville, and Neville says, the f like, my second favorite line of this movie, he goes, I've had a belly full of your cheap heroics. And I just, like, what does that even mean, bro? Right. <laughs> and then Jenny, Jenny's like, he's like, I don't, he tries to do that thing. He's like, you want to come with me, Jenny? And then Jenny's like, what are you talking about? You just kidnapped me, and there was, you just told me nothing but lies. And he goes, it wasn't lies, Jenny. It was acting. Like, it was oh, acting. okay, bro. Okay. And 
So as Cliff comes down the stairs, you know, he knocks out another Nazi, and then he comes down the stairs and he's like, "Look, man, give give me my girl, bro." <laughs> like, you know, and he's just like, "No, nah, give me the jetpack." And he's like, "Give give me the girl." And so he, you know, he's holding Jenny with the gun and he's like, "Slide it over." I was like, okay, fine. You know, he takes it off, and then he, he like, rubs off the gum covering a bullet hole that was, like, kind of, you know, just put there to stop a fuel leakage, which doesn't like, work wow. in my mind. Like, wow. Yeah, when, that, that's not going to work. But he These uncovers guys it. And, and they're chewing gum. <laughs> driving me yeah. nuts. He slides it on over. It's very visibly leaking fluids. And he gives, he gives him Jenny, and then... He's like, okay, well, it's my time to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I want, I want this kill scene to be taken in for every every second that it is, because this kill scene is extravagant, therapeutic. Yeah. <laughs> he, he says, "I will miss Hollywood," and then <laughs> jumps out and starts blasting off. He he lasts longer than the guy in the video. He gets maybe. Maybe five, six seconds of airtime before he, yeah, a boost before he just combusts, and then you just see the a CGI fireball with the opacity turned down a bit on top of him as he falls down and lands into the Hollywood sign. Right, I like that actually because land sign because the Hollywood sign down the words land. The Hollywood sign used to say Hollywood land. So like in this movie, mm-hmm. they're saying that that's why it doesn't say that anymore. And I thought that was kind of cool. The Zeppelin starts. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be Hollywood land. And then I think that they just took the land off or it had to do with a fire. It's one of the two. So the Zeppelin starts blowing up and Jenny and Cliff leap and grab a passing plane that they didn't know was coming and fly away. Mr. Hughes, uh, you know, all that happens. Mr. Hughes shows up later and casually just gives cliff a plane and then jenny gets with cliff which if if you do watch this movie through the entirety of the thing you're gonna be like why jenny why why jenny go find your go Go. find yourself a man that's actually good for you yeah like like, just gonna go fly around (laughs) in this plane all the time and tell you what to do this guy sucks jenny (laughs) (laughs) out of all of it i would say i give this movie a 1.5 1.5 and it only gets that because of Jenny and Bigelow. What about you, Matt? I'm going to say just just because it was my recommendation and because I did like it for many years before this, I'm going to give it at least a 2. Okay. And I'm I'm going to leave it there. What about you, Candy? Uh, after rewatching it and a lot of a lot of lessons in between the years, it, it's yeah, a, it's a low two. I would I think s- for the time they did a lot of brave stuff, but then there is also a lot of oh, mm. no. if you want choices if, that could have been avoided real easy. If you want to watch something that is much better than this and almost the same thing, and it actually has black people in it, go see Iron Man. Like honestly. <laughs> If you um, want to see a bunch of it all at the same time, watch Iron Man 3, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's really it. i really, really happy that you guys are listening, and we really appreciate it, squad. And if you're enjoying the show, the best thing that you can do is tell a friend or leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast fix. And if you have any suggestions or a story you want to share... Or, um, you know, just send us a PDF file to listeners at wekillinit.com. 
I just want to thank you so much for listening and connecting with us, squad. You are so awesome. Hope you all have a great day. I've been Tyler. I've been Matt. And we killed killed it. it. Be Killing It podcast is written by us, Tyler Mislick, Andrew Parrish, and Matthew Johnson. Video is shot and edited by Matt, and it is produced, and the sound is done by Tyler. Thank you for listening.